Hello, this is Adam Pearson, owner of Ivas Business Solutions. This is the Business Transformation Podcast. I got a special guest here today. It's Brian Horsley. Hey, Good morning. Brian. How you doing? I'm well, Adam. How are you? All right. Which business do you want me to say that you work for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say um, Marignon Chocolate. All right. Marignon Chocolate. Marignon Cacao. All right. And Marignon Cacao. Brian, um, I've known Brian a long time. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because Brian's actually my brother. That's right. We, and I was deciding whether or not share blood. Yeah, and I was deciding whether or not I should try to cast you as a client or as my brother. <laughs> a little of both. You're a little bit of yeah, a little bit of both. But um, the reason I got you on today, I definitely think it's better though if we put our personal relationship on the back burner and just yeah. focus on our professional relationship. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And the reason I invited you on to this because personally, I don't care for you. No, but professionally, that's you're a, amazing. That's a given. That, yeah, that's but a professionally, given. Professionally, you're one of the top people. That's what most people say about me. <laughs> that they don't care about me personally, but professionally, they just can't deny it. Ah, you're top notch. You remember the movie Anchorman where he goes, I, I deep down hate you, but dang it, do I respect you. I, in fact, I just said that to my daughter the other day, yeah. and, uh, and she loved it. Top, top joke of the week for her. And as she's just going to keep saying it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was making a joke with my kids this morning that was gangbusters. I was pretending that my kids, I don't know why, they love to pretend we're a family of cats. <laughs> <laughs> don't overthink it, just so go. So I'll pretend like that I'm the I'm the papa cat. Yeah, I would hope so. And I was doing this super deep meow, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then they were pretending that their stuffed animals were were mice uh -huh. and we were eating them. Yeah. But one of the one of the stuffed animals, if if you touch a little button in its hand. It starts making noise, <laughs> and so I was pretending I was eating the mouse, and one of them would touch the, the button to make noise. I pretend it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I did that about fifteen times. Good stuff. Repetition is the key to great comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were loving it yeah. after about the fifth time. I was getting were, burned out. On yeah, them. yeah, that happens. Yeah. So the reason I invited you onto this podcast today, um, this this podcast is about trying to help business owners mm -hmm. make improvements to their business. Yes. And in every business, you got finance. Yep. Hopefully, you got a good sales program, and you got ops. The three-legged stool of business rests upon the cat's paws, shall we say, <laughs> of sales, finance, and ops. That is correct. That, that's correct. Yep. You, you correct me if I'm wrong, are a professional ops guy. Wrong. Who's been in ops <laughs> and a, and a, and a not <laughs> comedian. Yeah, no, that, that is correct. I have I have fallen into the ops niche, and it's right where I'm comfortable. Right where you're comfortable. Yep. You think you're just inherently an ops guy? I mean, or is this because you have worked in that in that realm for a while? I can sell. It's not interesting to me. It doesn't it doesn't put me in a in a in a, a positive place of mind. Uh, I I can understand numbers. I don't care to. They bore um, me. Yeah. Um, I, it just. The, those are those are the places that I uh, that I you know we all sort of tend towards the place where we excel or feel comfortable and I definitely excel at solving problems and setting up processes and, and running them and maintaining and, them. and running them and team building I'm a real good manager of people there you go yeah um, I've been well I think everybody's got you get with kids too you you start to see this a lot mm -hmm. everybody's born with an innate personality, and right. innate, innate strengths and weaknesses. In fact, it was shocking to me as I became a father how innate a lot of their stuff oh. was. It's right from the start. It's unbelievable. Right. And so you're right. There are yeah. people that I know that are 
absolutely top notch at one or the other of those three. And some I know that are great at all of them. Yeah. But typically you excel when you go ahead and admit that you are one or the other and focus on it and, and yeah, and prosper. And I've been working almost my entire career in finance mm-hmm. as an accountant. Lately, through some introspection and some, some self-reflection, I'm starting to realize that I probably have been missing my calling this whole time. I agree. And I'm much more of a business development sales guy. I think that the number one thing that I do well is I can convince people to do stuff. Yeah. That's that's where like I'm super strong. Not only that, you have a great ability to reason through things. So sales, a good salesperson knows the product intimately, uh, has a rational reason for somebody to want to do it, but also channels an inner channels a passion for the project or an inner spirit that is, as you say, convincing to other people. And you've got all that. Yeah, and I probably deep down the thing that lets me do that the most is I, I really like people. Mm-hmm. I'm now you're a good team builder. Mm-hmm. Do you really like people or no. do you do you actually don't like people? That's, <laughs> and that's an ironic thing. Yes. Because the fact that I don't actually like yeah. them allows me to remain, to be close enough, but remain in yeah. enough detachment to actually be a good manager of teams. That's right, because sometimes a manager has to kick people's butts. That's right. And if you really love people, it becomes a, a lot harder to kick their butt. So I really deeply care about people. So when I'm not talking to somebody about the thing I think they ought to do, yeah. and that may lead to a sale, I'm not... I'm not just doing that to get money. I'm doing that because I believe in what I'm out there talking about. Right. Right. Um, all right. So, but the thing I wanted to address, because I think it will be an interesting thing, is um, what do ops guys do and how do they act and what's innate in them mm-hmm. that annoys the annoys the bejesus out of salespeople? Right. And what do sales guys do yeah. that annoy the bejesus out of ops guys? Let's not take like, personal shots at each other, I mean, although we are in a veiled way going to be doing just that. Right. But maybe you've worked with a number of sales guys. Yes, yeah, sure. Right. And I've worked with a few ops guys. Right. So maybe we could try to speak as generally as possible about okay, so what other things. All right. So you just give me your generally I'll you, speaking. I'll let you go first. Ops guys, generally speaking, are detail oriented problem solvers, engineer types. Mm-hmm. Um, process. You have to be equally process and results driven. Um, and I think there's a sort of a, a stereotype of the ops guy who's frustrated with the salespeople because they promise so much and then they've got to deliver and they feel kind of beset upon. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easy, I think that's an easy thing for an operational person who's never been a business owner to fall into. But myself, as a multiple business owner, I can say that I consider ops to be their job to be to just make it happen for the salespeople because sales is the sales is the lifeblood of a company. Um, obviously the salesperson needs the ops person to deliver on what they sell, but the ops has got nothing to deliver if the sale isn't made and sales is in the rarefied air. So I would say it's the ops guy's job to suck it up and get it done and not complain or be oppositional to the sales staff. If the sales salespeople are, are big picture thinkers, they're dreamers. They're sure they may be the overpromise, but that doesn't that push ops people to really overperform. Um, now, if you promise something on the on the flip side of that, salespeople are optimists, are uh, outgoing, gregarious. They're interested in people. They form those relationships. They create a trusting bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes to get the sale, they're gonna 
a sales guy is going to, a gal is going to make a, a, a promise that's going to be tough, even impossible to deliver. But there's nothing wrong with that. The ops guy's job isn't to critique the salesman's process. The ops guy's job is to make it happen. Or if it can't happen, shape, work with the sales guy to shape the customer's understanding and expectation to get everybody on the same page. I, I, I have no patience for ops guys that say, oh, sales did it to me again. Well, yeah, sales is doing their job. They made a sale. Mm -hmm. It's Ops guys are problem solvers. If the problem is figuring out how to deliver on what the salesperson said they could do, so be it. That's my opinion. But then again, I'm not purely ops because I'm also a business owner. Huh. Well, that was not as, that was awesome. Yeah. But not as juicy as I thought it was. It's not be. as confrontational as you know. I thought, thought it was going to be. So at least tell me one thing that a sales guy that you worked with does that so you just do not like that annoys you. Time frames. Okay. Okay. Or if you have a salesperson that doesn't understand anything about how, what they promise is going to be delivered. So if you've got a salesperson who is completely hands-off and has no regard for the ops people and basically makes promises that are going to cost guys time with their family, you got a problem. Or things that are literally impossible to do, you got a problem. If there's no good communication between the two sides, that's an issue. And if the salespeople feel superior or that they don't need to consult with ops, you're going to have a problem. But that's an interpersonal communication problem. The basic paradigm of sales over promises and then ops is left holding the bag, I actually don't have a problem with it. Do you got a beef with sales guys who have just accepted the fact that they suck at ops? And while they might consult with you and ask, hey, I'm going to go out and offer this. Is this cool or is mm -hmm. this not cool? Um, they might do that. But otherwise, they just can't get their head around it and aren't interested in it and they're just going to focus on sales. Does that annoy you? Are you cool with that? You understand that there's a separation of duties? No, I personally am cool with that. I mean, I can't imagine many ops guys deciding that they wanted to go into the finance side. Yeah. So there, there's a side that they don't know about, aren't interested in, and are never going to be in. There's no really, there's no real difference. I mean, specializing in one of the three areas is a great way to make, to maximize those areas. Now, there's a lot of small companies where that where it crosses over. Mm -hmm. So in terms of Marignon, I do sales, um, not really finance, but administration, administering things that lead to finance. Um, but mostly the ops. It, I mean, sale. There's probably, I don't know, eight or ten times more ops type people than there are real sales whizzes. Yeah, you know, it's just much more common. You can be a, just a grinder. But probably not good one. Well, I guess there's always a small a small amount of people who are good at anything. Right. If you get if you're looking at the top of the field, yeah. COO types, then sure that that's, that's what I'm more interested yeah, yeah, in yeah. knowing. Like where does the COO clash with the CEO who's an aggressive salesman? Right. In that case, I mean, hopefully if you've arrived at CEO, you've understood the value of ops and you know they have to deliver, so you've made yeah. some sort of accommodation with this with that split. Um, so all in terms of finance sales and ops, ops is always gonna be bottom rung on that three step ladder. I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be either. Honestly, I think it should be. It's got to be number two. It's more important than finance. I'm telling you that I, I, I actually because I've that. seen I've seen personally tons of clients who have, have made millions of dollars who barely have an accounting department. Right. Because as long as the money's coming in and as long as you're mm -hmm. fulfilling, then you can kind of worry about the, the finance and accounting. You can you can fake it and there's tricks and fake it. There's tricks and workarounds and fake it so you can do yeah. with the numbers. But the, if the ops aren't solid, you just cannot deliver. And if the sales aren't solid, you just got no business. 
So I agree. I would put finance at the bottom. I would put ops number two, and I would put sales at the top. I mean, there's a reason sales guys make the dough. It's a hard skill. It's a hard, but hard skill. What I'm starting to learn, though, is even though like I think we both agree, sales is probably number one, right? Because you got to get the you got to get the money flowing. Sales is number one. Yeah, but. You In basically want, everybody's rankings. But what's, isn't there, I think I, I remember somebody telling me that if you take, what is it, if you like take vitamin C but you don't eat red meat, it actually won't, it won't right. digest correctly and, and have the effect it's supposed to have. Right. You have to, like, you have to have both. All right. So, so I can just add a little controversy. Yeah, sales, sales, guys the, way too sales guys are the fighter pilots yeah. and, and, and ops are the infantry. And you, it's very difficult to do, to really win a struggle without both. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But you're always going to have, you're going to have a hundred thousand infantrymen, and you're probably only going to have a few thousand fighter pilots. Yeah. You know. And from my own experience, I can say right now, my appreciation for ops guys is at an all time high. Yeah. Man, I got, I got, I, have, I got a big dose of humble pie. A dose, <laughs> a big slice. Sorry, mixing metaphors. Man. I guess you take your humble pie in syringe form. <laughs> yeah. Liquefy it and just shoot it up in there. Man, I got the big. 10 milliliter dose of humble pie. <laughs> Just a syringe full of humble pie. Yeah. Because um, I went out and was able to sell quite a lot. Mm -hmm. But operationally. But we were so weak operationally. And I'm so weak operationally. Yeah. That it, it just, it, it almost, it's like out on the verge of just ruining everything. Mm -hmm. So I guess. And this is not something that you weren't aware, kind of peripherally aware of. But when you really tried to dig well, into it. So as me, more like a sales guy who's also got good at building those relationships. Mm -hmm. I can solve an operational problem. You bring me an operational problem, I got to fix for it. Mm -hmm. But what I can't do, I cannot bring myself to do it. I tried. I was able to do it for like six weeks. That's not enough, right? Because your business is like, that's nowhere near enough. You have to do it as many weeks as the company is. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> if the company's operating 52 weeks a year, you have to operate so, well 52 weeks a year. So I was able to fix some stuff. Yes. And actually create some processes, mm -hmm. but just coming up with a fix and creating a process is not enough. No, you got to then because institutionalize the process, talk to the people, get the yeah. people on board, have the right people in the right place, yeah. communicate your changes. There's a lot of stuff that goes around it. Yeah. But I will say from my experience, and we've worked together a little bit, yeah, quite a bit, um, that the one thing I think that a sales guy would, would take a beef with mm -hmm. and operations person generally is I think operations guys and you have to be this is not saying you should be some other way mm -hmm. but I do think it's a big a big um, center of conflict is like operation dudes have to be inherently conservative I think that that's right. the case yeah because you got to keep what currently exists mm -hmm. going you know you yeah. have to, and you can't mess with it so you have to keep what is functioning well, and it's at the so, same time that you're trying to build for the future. It's so easy to it's so easy to fail and get your butt kicked by by. I mean, salespeople can overpromise. Everybody kind of expects it, mm -hmm. but when ops doesn't work just like it's supposed to, yeah, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah, everything grinds to a squeaky halt. Yeah, and they, the machine cannot run that way. And, and so, so I'm not even thinking about overpromising. Yeah. I'm thinking about the sales guy. You're out in the market. You're talking to people. Good sales guys, your job is to be a problem solver. You're out there, you're hearing the problems, right? Processing it. You come back and you say, and "There's this amazing opportunity," and you're not only just hearing what the problems are because a real good sales guy, you're tapping into 
people's deep-seated needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. It can be really good. Right. You're hearing not only the thing that they're saying, right, but you're hearing the underlying problem. And then, like you said, you come back, you go. You come back. There's amazing opportunity. Like, There's dude, a million-dollar market out there. Yeah. A hundred-million-dollar market out there waiting for us in the ops guys like, I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. mean, that's way beyond oh, our capacity. Or not, or not even that. They're just going like, I just don't see it. I just, it's hard for me to understand. Yeah, like, I just don't see that that's a business. Like, that's not, I don't, here's the thing that I'm guys do quite a bit. There's not a business. I don't think there's a business in that. <laughs> like, who knows where the business is? Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, yes. I, I will cop to that. Absolutely. Because it's, uh, ops guys just aren't visionary by their nature. Yeah, that's right. Because you kind of. That's right. Are internal looking, right? Not external looking. So that is, it's real important for there to be trust between the two sides. Yeah. If the CEO is smart, what they do is they have a good, strong personal relationship with that ops guy. Yeah. Um, and the, they know the finance guy will find the money or he'll make the books look the way they need it. Or, or yeah, like if selling is happening and ops is the fulfilling, then the money will be there. Right, exactly. So if you're so, selling at a profit. But if the, but the CEO and the COO have to be, have that good relationship so that when the CEO says, believe me, we can do this. It's, it's out. It's yeah. out there. Yeah. And I know it's going to cost you guys a lot of heartache to retool. Uh-huh. But if you retool, it's going to pay off in dollars for you and your people. But see, there's another issue. The ops guys typically don't benefit from the increased sales in the same way that the sales people good, do. Good, good point. So it is important to make sure that the ops people are feeling the love financially from all the extra stuff that sales puts on them. Mm-hmm. So that's, for instance, something that I've been trying to do uh, in and my current gig is just to make sure that, yes, salespeople are going to make their commission. They should. They absolutely should. If your top salesperson should be your, should be making more than your more than anybody else in the company. Yep. No doubt about it. And I've told that to to, to salespeople before at a company I was running. I hope you make more than me. I'm not even stuck. My ego is not stuck on being the highest paid person in this company because if you're doing great, it means we're all doing amazing. But the ops workers that are going to end up working a bunch of extra stuff have to feel the love from all the stuff that sales is committing them to, or you, that disconnect is going to create a fissure, which will grow into a crack, yeah. which will be a problem in the foundation of the company. And that's the thing for, for sure. A good takeaway for, for sales types is just not be too demanding. Just come in like, dude, this is what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. don't give me any back talk. Just make that happen. The salesperson's orientation should be that their client is not only the person they're selling to externally, but the ops crew are clients of theirs as well. Yeah. Well, they need to make a sale internally. Uh, well, there's another thing, too, that where sales guys got to lean heavily on ops guys, which is just because the the opportunity is there doesn't mean you can deliver well, mm-hmm. and it does not mean you can deliver right. properly. Sometimes the grumbly ops guy who says that's we can't do that is telling you the real reason. So yeah. you have to and, like, and it doesn't mean there's not a need or an opportunity. It just means, means we can't do it. That's right. Not as we're currently constructed. Yeah. So, or even it can't be done. The sales guy's got to become acutely aware of when someone's grumbling. Up once, an ops guy could be saying, "I don't really want to do that because it's going to be a lot of work, and I'm not sure I see the payoff for me and so the guys." So then you got to sell. Then right. you got to sell them on it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Sales guys have to sell externally and internally. So, but then sometimes the ops guy's saying, "No, our machinery has a limit. It only goes so wide. You promise something that's wider. So we cannot physically do that on our machine." To get the new machine is going to cost X amount of dollars. It throws your numbers all off. Uh-huh. And we don't have the space and the stuff because the OSHA requirement. I mean, like, so there's a, sometimes the ops guy yeah. saying, no, it's not that I don't want to do that. It's that physically, as we're currently constructed, we can't do it. And it's going to throw, it doesn't pencil out to do it the way you're talking because it starts a chain of events that affect our whole business. That's when the ops guy is actually stating 
the facts that sales needs to listen to. And that, so that's where the trust needs to happen. That's right. Because because yeah. the sales guys, like you said, such such an optimist. Mm-hmm. He's looking at it like, of course we can do that. Like you just don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. That's right. that's what it is. So yeah. it's got to be a lot of communication trust. and trust between the two sides. So if a CEO is not, CEOs are kind of salesmen. Always, but some CEOs are more finance guys. You yeah, know, but the, the best CEOs are promoters. Absolutely. Yeah. So the CEO's got to make sure if he's not if he's not personally responsible as the top sales guy, he's got to make sure that the sales side creates that trust and learns to sell it internally. Uh, I know some big companies actually have a salesperson whose job is to liaise and sell what sales wants to do to the ops people. Mm-hmm. So that they can be on the same page. And then also so that they can take feedback from the ops people as to what is physically possible within their plant. And, you know, when you're manufacturing, that becomes important. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I know you wanted to give me 15 minutes. We're already 20 minutes in. So I'm going to bill you for those. I know you got lots of money because you're a big time salesman. <laughs> so I'm going to bill you for those. I'm a business owner too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm a business owner. So, like, this is why sales guys need ops guys. Right. Here's what the salesman business owner does mm-hmm. when he's got a whole bunch of business and he doesn't know how to run an operation. Just starts hiring people and throwing bodies at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what I do. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's that's basically yeah. That's like the conscript. That's the conscript model of armies. Like, yeah, let's probably. go take over this town and then we'll just use those young men. Uh, and, you know, but they just don't fight for you. But that's what. But what you're going to do when you do that is your op is not your, your operation is not run efficiently, and you do not make as money as you thought you were going to make. No, and that's as much right. money as you thought you were going to make. Those, those those people are what's known as cannon fodder. So that's but that's where a salesman to get you in trouble. Yeah. If you don't have a good ops guy, he'll go out and just start selling the bejesus out of stuff, and then he'll yeah. come back. You're you're tight on that word. I've never heard you word use I the word bejesus this many times. I have I think in the time I've known you, I haven't said it very much. Are you getting into it now? It's kind of like when you um. You haven't like I, I haven't eaten sugar, but if I were to just get a little scoop of ice cream, I'd just eat the whole, eat the whole, the whole carton. Same with the Jesus. Got a slight taste of that word. Yeah, it's just like it, I All just right. like the way it comes out. All right. It's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little antiquated, but uh, hey, stick with your enthusiasm. I man. wonder what the what the the genesis of the word Jesus is. <laughs> not looked. I've not looked that up, but it'd be, it'd be an interesting, uh, interesting search to do. I, I appreciate you. Um, Saying that that would be interesting, but that would not be interesting. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, man. Thank yeah, you. No problem, bro. Yeah. Thank you for humoring me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Well, I guess we'll sign off. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Time. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.